Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Here we go. The countdown to who's the less racist begins. You you don't want to you don't want to tell everybody where we're at right now though. Oh shit! I got caught up in the political moment. <laughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> fucking Utah. Andy's got. I wish y'all could see out the fucking. Andy's got the best fucking view. Literally across the street is the Vivid Home Arena where the Utah Jazz play. When they when they were. The Utah Jazz, it was the Delta Arena, I think. With Carmelo and Stockton. Yeah. But now it's this new shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and my view is the power lines. Uh, I got uh, fences and power lines. I think they gave me your room by accident is what I think happened. No, nah, fuck it. I don't mind it. It's, you know, <laughs> fucking Utah. Uh, uh, white people's Africa. Man, it is uh, Wise Guys Comedy Club. Yes. Great, great, great club. We had a, a, a listener, uh, Mike Ricketts, Ricketts, came out. He uh, checked us out. Yeah, shout out to Mike Ricketts. Yeah. Day one listening to the podcast. Did not do the dead baby joke that I, I was going to do, but right. uh, I don't know about it. And I'm going to tell you something. Here's what's shocking to me. I've, I've been to Utah half a dozen times. Uh Wise Guys has now officially opened three clubs. So I haven't been to the original club in quite some time because last year when we were here, we did their second club that they opened, and now we're doing their newest third club that that they've opened. Now, here's a little bit of a difference. The first two times, well, between the first club and the second club, no niggas. Uh, I think, I don't know, this is downtown Salt Lake. So... Usually me and Andy, when we have our first shows anywhere across the country, it's predominantly white people. White people, for some reason, y'all come out early. Y'all got a schedule. You want to do what you want to do and go to bed. All the niggas come out to the second show. Now, there's been, I swear they busting these niggas in from Detroit that's coming to these shows for the second one. Because I, I don't believe that this many black folks live in Utah. But it ain't just black people. It's Latinos. And what did they say they was? The Asians? Uh, Polynesians. Polynesians. So 
This is Utah's version of the niggas. Yeah, this is urban for Utah. Urban for Utah. Um, but I'm digging it. I'm digging it, baby. Now, I really liked it. I liked both crowds last night. I had a lot of fun. And uh, I like Wise Guys. I think they run a, they run a good show. Yeah, I'm, I still have yet to see what that Mormon pussy like. But uh, I'm on a mission. You got to get through a second set of underwear. You got to get through that. Do the women have to wear that underwear? What, they wear special underwear? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, they wear. Ask about it tonight. All right. They wear magic. Like, it's like uh, like long johns or something like that. Really? Yeah. Okay, fuck it. Um, let's dive in. <laughs> Political debate number three. What did you think? I, I, told, I, just, I described it to you this way, and I described it on stage last night exactly this way. I felt when you watched that debate, I felt I was watching two used car salesmen try to sell me the same car and right. tell me why they were better for me to buy it from them than from the other dude. And uh, when the truth is, as you know, any used car salesman just wants to fuck you, man. They just want the deal. So right. uh, that's that's how I felt about it. Uh, they just... It ain't going to get better soon. Um, well, before I make the comment I want to make, I was watching... Uh, you know, when I do watch the news, I either usually watch CNN or MSNBC. I don't really fuck with Fox because I know what Fox stands for. Not that I believe in terms of the news... One is more legit than a, than the other. Uh, I don't. I never bought into the. I, I never got from CNN from CNN or MSNBC that there's this liberal bias. That there is. I I I, I just thought you know I, it feels to me like they, you know, speaking the truth. Whereas Fox to me always comes off like they are deliberately going. Uh, we gonna do everything we can to say fuck the other side and stand up for Trump. I think CNN actually got better at uh, being a little bit more in the middle this time. I mean, look, I think because, look, I, it, it, it is television, and I know ratings count. So I, I don't put bullshit past all of any of them. Um, but I, I just feel more – there's a more a, – a, tr- a truer sense of honesty because, well, with, with MSNBC and they're saying and what CNN. you want them to say. No, you have, no. You, have to, you have to listen to both. You have to listen to all of them. You have to listen to all of them. And then look at some foreign news so that you can see what their reflection of, of, of what's happening in our country is. Here in, in the BBC, we want to say, like them teeth, nigga, them British with the teeth. <laughs> I can't get past them chompers, nigga. No, nah, man, it's, uh, you, have to, you have to watch them all. To, and you know that th- th- there's a bias in all of them. Well, here's what I wanted to get to. A lot of the political pundits was like, uh, and, you know, big shout out to the moderator for this one. She she did a good job of keeping them in check. She should be the moder- she should have been a moderator for all three. But get the fuck out of here. The moderator had nothing to do with it. I'm quite sure both Trump and Biden's political advisors said to them, "Yo, that first debate was a shit show." And I, I, and listen, for a guy like Trump who doesn't like to listen to anybody, I even think he had to go you know what, me talking over him, me being a bully, it just doesn't look good for me. That's just a bad look. And at the end of the day, I'm still trying to get reelected. Will his base and his supporters stand up for him? Absolutely, no matter what. Like I said, Trump supporters are like abused women who haven't had a man in a long time. And she know that they man is sexually molesting their son and abusing their kids, but she needs a man. So she puts up with it. Trump gets away with everything. But still, he's also trying to win votes from people 
who may not be his base to 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 ensure that he's he gets a second term. So I think he even went, yeah, that was we behaved like two animals. So I had yeah. I, I, we they both made a deliberate effort to not talk over each other and make it be chaotic. I don't think the moderator had shit to well, do with she that. Had, she had a mute button. She could mute him if she needed to. Okay, but did she have to? No. Well, that's because they knew if they continued. Exactly my point. She would. So I don't. I don't. I don't think you know. To, I, I don't know. The, what was the dude? If you remember the moderator from the first one, I forgot his name. Whatever his name was, all she did was what he was trying to do, sir. No, I'll give you a chance for rebuttal, sir. That's your time. Do you want to rebuttal? Okay, nope, sir. So she was saying all the shit he said, but you know they were civilized this time. I think she did a good job. I don't think that. Uh, uh, I think that she had better tools and there was better awareness. I don't think that she should have done it from the beginning. She would have had the same. I w- I'll say it like this. I don't know how good of a job the other dude did, but she would have had the same problems if she moderated the first debate and they went out like they did. She wouldn't have been able to control it either. Exactly. That's, that's why all, I'm like, don't all, give yeah. her credit. That, it wasn't her. But, it was them. But she still did a good job in this debate. She, Let that, me ask you. So if, if she would have hit the mute button, does that mean that the people at home on TV – would have just seen their mouths moving and not heard a single thing? Or would it have been, well, I'm, I'm talking, but you could tell he's talking, but he's not really on the mic. I don't think you would have heard it um, from from their mic there, so it would have sounded like a, down a long hallway. You wouldn't have barely been able to hear it. I I still think, like I said, it was, the first debate was going to be that debate no matter what. That was a car wreck. Right. So... Uh, you know, I don't fault her for having a decent debate. She she did all right. She did well. Why why you want to take that away from I, her? I'm I'm just I'm just saying. Stop making it seem like she had this. She she did something unique or had this power or this control uh, that the first guy didn't have. They just behaved themselves. No, I I they, didn't, they, they were civil. I didn't watch the whole debate. I came in and out because I couldn't stand listening to both of them. So uh, to be honest, that's the truth. I I listened to. I caught the second half too. Yeah. So you know she might have used that mute button. I don't know. She might have used it early to to let them know what was going to happen. Maybe maybe she made a strong stance in the beginning. Right. Well. Anyway. Um, when the question was asked about race, uh, and and Donald Trump said, "I'm the least racist person here in the room." In, in the room. Uh, I can't see you because it's. It's 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 so dark in here. So dark, right? And the way he said that sounded almost racist. felt like some shit. <laughs> um, and I'm glad that fucking kudos to Biden for bringing up the Abraham Lincoln thing. And I've said this in posts on Instagram. I'm quite sure I've said it here on the podcast. I fucking hate when 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 Biden said Abraham Lincoln was one of the most racist presidents ever. I fucking hate. The way people on the right and all the people that whenever I bring up race and talk about race on my Instagram and on my feed that always again, to me, it feels like a weak cop out that want to point out to dismiss any responsibility for racism on the right. They bring up uh, the Democrats and the KKK and Lincoln freed the slaves. This fucking myth that. Abraham Lincoln had love for niggas when he didn't. And again, you can Google it. He's quoted as saying that he didn't believe black people were as equal to whites. 
If it were up to him, they would have remained slaves. He did it to save the union. It was a business decision. Clearly, that was it. And whenever they bring up the Democrats and black people, y'all, y'all liberals, and you, you, you vote for the Democrats, and you're on the Democratic plantation, and they invented the KKK, that is the same diversion as what about black-on-black crime? Which, again, is another conversation. Stop diverting from the truth, which is, hey, right, left, no one's never like niggas. Right, left, right, own slaves. They've had crooked politicians, crooked judges, crooked police. Stop making it seem like it's just the left. And I love that Biden pointed that out. He actually said the words, Abraham Lincoln was one of the most racist presidents ever. See, I'm going to say I don't think he was one of the most racist presidents ever. Okay, so we're going to measure degrees of racism? No, I'm just going to say. Racist is racist. I, I see, yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. That's, that would be the, what I would say. I think there's, I think there's a plenty, I think there's plenty of presidents that would, would, uh, are, are able to inherit that mantle. That's right. all I'm saying. But, yeah, there, there is, there's cases to be made on, on Lincoln, and there's, there's a lot of proof on it. Right. So I'm not going to, you can't deny any of that. But, uh, when you hear people, and, and yes, they are trying to move the argument around. What is it today? What is the platform today? What is the platform, and what are the people that run the Republican Party and run the Democratic Party? What are they there for? What do they stand for? That's, what, that's really what we're voting for today. We can't re-vote for, uh, for yesterday. So you're right. They do move the needle. They do try to do that. But these are all, those are also facts that uh, the, the, the KKK was created by, the, by, by politicians in the Democratic Party. So you can't get away from that either. Those are also facts. And listen, I get that. I'm not denying But that. don't use that to change the conversation as well. Yes. Saying. Okay, that's you know fair. What I'm saying? And, and that's why, again, when people want to point out Biden called black people super predators. Okay, and I hate to even say this because it sounds like I'm making an excuse for it, which I would never do. Um, And we know the racism that Trump stands for. And again, to my white listeners, to the white viewers, I love white people. I really do. So I say this in a tongue in cheek, joking, but truthful sort of way. I know technically, technically. Not every white person is racist. But it's not a news flash to me when we learn somewhere in the pipeline of a white person's life that they ain't said something fucked up about black people. It's just part of the American culture and at times ingrained into the white American psyche. So if you want to chalk it up to, hey, I made a mistake and people make them. People also change. These are two facts. If someone is trying to change for the better, how long do we hold a mistake against them? I read a a great quote that said, a mistake repeated twice is a decision. So if Biden was super predators, one day, two days later, niggas this, a year later, niggas that, five years past that, mo niggas shit, then I'm going, okay, we got a problem here. A la Trump with the consistency. Okay. But if he said super predators and that was his mistake, again, we have a chance to have the first female black vice president. 
That's a hell of an apology. And I know niggas have ridiculed Kamala Harris too. Yeah. But goddamn. So what do we do then? If we just going to hold everybody's nuts to the fire, especially if some of them seem to be going, all right, I'm trying to make amends. Let's try to get it right. I fucked up. That was the past. Let's be better. So we're not going to try to be better in spite? Yeah, you, we are supposed to be better. We're all, but you can't also run from your past either. So let me ask you this, though, because you said Trump constantly, and I want, I want to hear this from you. Tell me Trump's policies that are racist. Listen, he pointed out in the debate the prison reform. You know, uh, uh, HBAs. Yeah, the letters. Okay, listen. If you if you if you if you doing a couple things here and there, great. But don't offer me cake with shit in it. Give me the cake, but stop shitting on it. You don't think you're going to get that from the other side, though? Listen, you can't. You got to be equal when you got to be new. This is where I get people mad at me when they say, "Hey, you pick a side." I picked a side. My side is picked. What you don't understand is I give the information on both sides. I give the real facts on both sides. I, what are the two sides? Now, when you say that about Trump, what's the policies that he's passed? Now, his economic policies, you could say uh, there's a deficit towards what uh, the income, to how it affects uh, minorities, uh, poor marginalized people you could say that you could say that that would be one that you could say but you would have to have a lot of information to show that that was his intent when he does because we have a tax policies throughout this whole country that affected people who are poor and people who are rich so that's that goes without saying but is he did he do it for that reason because racism the, the definition of racism is to hold another person back by uh, uh, by basis of race so what is he doing if you if you give him credit if you give him credit for the uh, HBAC schools that he put money into the black colleges that no one had put money into. If you give him credit uh, for uh, the, the job creations that, that he tried to do, that brought that, that if you listen to him, he brought back jobs. If you listen to the other side, he didn't bring back jobs. I haven't done enough research to answer that question. Well, well we, we do know based on research, a lot of those jobs and the, the credit that he takes came off the coattails of that black dude. Yeah, it did. It okay. did. He, he, right. he inherited something that was moving in the right direction. Okay. But, okay, but then, but then if all these policies that he put into place, economic policies that he put into place, were bad for the country, then that should have affected that policy that he inherited, the, the, the numbers moving down in unemployment. That should have affected all that, and it should, have made it, it should have changed the direction that those numbers were headed. It didn't. I am not saying he's a good he's he's somebody who should be president. What I'm saying is structurally there's a Republican side, there's a Democratic side. Who's going to do the most? And I'm going to go back to where I say I don't think either one. And why I voted the way I voted. Okay, okay, so let me ask you and 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 I'm glad you brought that up cuz here's the thing I I had in my notes. Uh when people kind of allude to both votes either way are bad. When people that say what you're saying, I'm not happy voting for either one. Both sides are bad. They're secretly racist and want to vote for Trump. No, I don't think that's it at all. I, I don't think. That's I think it's a bit extreme, too. All I'm saying is when you look at Trump in terms of who he is 
and he operates, it seems like he conducts his business based on who he is as a person. His personality dictates how he moves. And based on everything we know about him as a person, which is a total piece of shit, and even some of the way he thinks, the way he speaks, if your sole basis is, let's just make it about race, both of them have made mistakes. When you look at Biden, if you take away that mistake, you really don't see how Biden is way better than Trump. From a human standpoint, you said from a human, from an empathetic standpoint and somebody who will conduct and run the country based on, you know, certain human relatable emotions and issues from a human standpoint. That's why I voted the way I did. But I didn't vote for him for that reason. I voted. I say that my vote was not for Biden or for Trump. I voted for the media. I voted for the media because the media is the biggest discontent that we have in this country. Who is the one that's dividing us? Everybody says Trump is dividing us. Trump is part of it, but when the media comes out and everything he does, tell me what Trump... There was one time in CNN, I said CNN's been a little bit better about it. Uh, Wolf Blitzer called out... uh, Who's the Speaker of the House? Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi. And and called her out about not getting um, a bill passed for for the COVID so that we could get money back to people that need it. And he and she kept saying, she kept blaming Trump, and he said, but you're not the one, you're not. There was a short period of time in one day that that was, that was covered, but it went away. The media's job, from the day Trump was elected, they wanted him out of office. If writing, you could look it up, that people were, that, that, when Trump won, there's that famous picture of that girl just screaming in the street. More women came out, probably for that march, than voted for uh, Hillary. Uh, when uh, there was people writing articles, how do we impeach him now? Before he ever took office, his there was a goal since he took office to remove him from office because he shouldn't have been there in the first place. He was elected, and that's all that you can go by. And there's an asterisk on that. There is, but it doesn't make a difference. He was elected. We and so if you want to remove him. And the media's worked this hard and has made taken away our civility towards one another. I voted for the media, but here's what I want from the media. I'm not asking for the Republicans, Democrats. We know that they fail in a lot of different places, and they fail equally in a lot of different places. Here's what I want. I want the media to hold the next president, Biden, if he wins, as accountable as they held Trump. I want them calling out everything that's happened that he's doing, because as I told you, Way back when we had kids in cages, and I went back and I looked at, at uh, did, uh, w- did Trump start kids in cages? And it said, actual, the, when you do the research that I did on it, it said that there was no backup to be able to find out if Obama had done that because the reporters and people who sought out justice hadn't checked on Obama. With Obama, who did more of the drone strikes than anybody else, who was the uh, uh, deporter-in-chief... No, that didn't make media. If Trump was doing it the same way, imagine how hard that would be put into the media. All I want from the media is for them to hold him as accountable. Not divide the country, but put out what he's doing so that we can make progress. And because I do feel he's civil. I feel Trump isn't civil. He doesn't speak in a way that you can reason sometimes. I do think Biden can do that. So if he's held accountable... 
I think that he will make moves to do things for the for the benefit of the country. But I want the media to hold him as accountable as they've held Trump. That's all I'm asking for. My vote for was for civility and for the media. And the media is has taken us in a way that I feel we're not civil to each other anymore. We've divided people. Like you just said, just that comment that you made, if you think both sides are just as bad, that that's a vote for Trump. That is that is a that is a whistle that blows out to like you're a racist. Well, no, I, I I'm saying I'm quoting what someone. I, said. I know, but that's but, but, but that's, I do think that's a bit extreme. But that's where we're going. That's where we are right now. Where it's one or the other. You're this or you're that. But, but I also don't think that, that that the media could fire the ammo, fire the guns if Trump didn't give them the ammo. If you, he's giving them the ammo, he does. So to, so to just go, the media is dividing us. When you say dividing us, you mean in terms of Racially? No, I know. I mean it, politically uh, and racially. Okay, and, well, even yeah. though, even and the though, media's always done that. Okay, but I also think Trump is doing enough to give them to okay, report. So, and na- this is the cause and effect. So, name something that he's done that you think that the that he this is the cause of what he's what he's done. Name something that he's done. It's about Trump? Yeah, just give me something on Trump that you that you you put you distinguish for the media that Trump has done wrong. Uh. Mexicans, rapists. He didn't say that. And I said this in the, years ago. That's not what he was talking about. And play the whole clip. It's not in there. That You're way. sending your worst. That's what he said. He, in, in terms of proper context. If you go back, he goes, Mexico isn't sending their best and brightest. They're not. They're, why would you send your best and brightest? And then he goes into it. And he, I, he let's be honest. He doesn't speak well, period. Okay. I don't think the guy should speak at all. Okay, but then I have a problem with you saying let's uh, 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 let's ban Muslims from coming into the country. And again, the people that he banned had nothing to do with what he was blaming them for. Okay. But yet Mexicans are sending over their worst uh, rapists and murderers. But yet you welcome Europe with open arms, as you say, shithole countries to people of color. That's telling, telling three congresswomen to go back to where they came from, which we know is the undertone to go back to Africa. Okay. I, I appreciate that, what you just said. Let's, let's start, start with that. That was something, and, and I, don't, I don't say that he should have said shithole countries. You think that that's the worst thing a president's ever said about uh, You asked me a question. No, 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 no. So what I'm saying, but why? You said, show, yeah, tell yeah, me what yeah. he's done. No. I just gave you okay, examples. But I'm saying, he said that in a, in a meeting. Someone in the meeting who doesn't like Trump went out and put that to the media, and the media put it out, right? I want them to do the same thing okay, with, with whoever is in office, whether I, it's a Republican, I, 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 a Democrat. I, I, I understand that, but you just you, you asked me a question, and, yeah, and, I'm saying, and I answered it. And I'm saying, so, I agree with you. Okay, there I we agree go. with you. There we go. I, but what I want, and that's what I'm saying when you said the media doesn't divide us, the media so, blew So that. in other words, if Biden does that, report it the same way. The same way. Does he have a history of doing that? He has the super predator. The one he, thing. No, he has a lot of other things in his past. He was also with the, who's the, uh, the congressman that was, that was part of the KKK. What's his name? Uh, he's the old guy that was there forever. Oh, I'm not sure. He, he has plenty of. Okay, uh, do, you, do you think in today's day and age of social media, and of course, good stories don't get ratings. Do you think that if Biden did half of what Trump uh, no, does they won't or report did, it. you don't think they would report no, that? No, because it's what they oh, want. Oh, I don't believe that. No. I don't okay, then that. why didn't you get the reports from Obama? Why would why didn't we have the reports? The media loved Obama. Let's okay. Let's start with this. Did the media love Obama? They loved Obama, but I still say don't get it twisted. He's still black, 
and anything that we do is watched through a microscope. I'm not denying that. And if he had done some shit that was really worthwhile, it would have got reported. Well, why don't we let, let's go with the uh, let, let's go with the drone strikes that were killing civilians. Now, this, now let me say this: this is where you lose me because. This is where my knowledge into politics and in-depth shit. I know it seems fucked up in terms of coincidence. Oh, nigga, now you don't. But I really don't. I'm not in. This is why I say I love Real Time with Bill Maher. This is why I watch it. Because I envy guys like D.L. Hewley, Michael Steele, and all the people that go on that show that can get into in-depth conversations about this kind of shit. This is where I fall off. I don't know. But you don't know because the media didn't give it to you, did it? I mean, I've heard people mention but, it. But you didn't get it in the media every So day. you tell me then. There, there, the, there's a lot of information on the drone strikes. He ran a lot of drone strikes. But here's the thing. I didn't disagree with his drone strikes because it saved a lot of American lives. Well, then what else do you need to know? But it, but it jeopardized a lot of civilians. Well, so casualties of war. You have to, you have to, the media has to put out things that need to be known to the American people. And not just by the people that they like or don't like. I voted for the media because no, if we get four more years of the media hating the guy that's in office... I don't think people are going to be able to, we communicate this poorly with people. And we don't even have to deal with people right now. We're locked up in COVID. We're not dealing with people the same way we're dealing with. And it's so divided. I want them to hold accountability. I don't want to dislike or like accountability. A media, I'm voting for you. I'm voting for Biden because I know that's who you want. And I'm going to give you the fair chance to start over. I'm voting for the media. Let's put people to the test on what's best for our country, for our people here and put that out honestly, not Fox News way, not uh, MSNBC way. I want to see the media do things where they're putting out the information without the bias and letting the people know what's happening. That's what I want. I think Biden's the perfect president to start this off with because he is going to bend to the will of what the people need. I believe that he is manage- he's going to be a manager. He's a manager. He's going to be a good manager. I don't think he's going to change a lot because he can't. That's why he's in this position. That's why they wanted him there. There is an economy underlying underneath COVID that he's going to come out and rescue. He's, he's, I'm pointing this way because he's on TV right now. We actually have CNN on, and he's, he's standing in front of me right now. So uh, that's what I want from the media. Hold it accountable. Hold both sides accountable. Make us a better country. Don't use it to divide us. Use it to make us better. That's what I want. That's what my vote's for. Because I don't think we could do that with Trump. I don't think that he, he's going to talk. And I don't know his policies as well as I would like to know. I don't think that all of his policies were meant to, to be bad for America or bad for certain groups in America. I really don't. But what I mean by that is his voice, the way he spoke, the way it wasn't ever going to get better. I'm voting for better America. Great quote. <clears throat> from I saw on Instagram from this is from a bishop Talbert Swan because uh, one of the things I, another thing I had in my notes that I wanted to ask you about to get back to Ice Cube a little bit and Trump's platinum plan um, this guy writes you can't suppress black votes it, and and as I'm saying this I'm glad the timing couldn't be more perfect again when you ask well what has Trump done to divide us my man Oh, I didn't say what he does to divide us. He's done a lot to divide us. Oh, I just, okay. Uh, you can't suppress black votes, disrespect black women, call black protesters thugs, anarchists, and sons of bitches. 
defend white supremacists who murder Black Lives Matter protesters, threaten suburban white women that blacks are moving in and have a platinum plan for black people. That's that to me is eloquently put. That's why it's like, again, miss me with the smoke and mirrors. I got a platinum plan. Of course you do, nigga, because you're trying to get our votes. I, and I agree with that. It, it, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't serve me cake with shit in it. But what he, he did, when, that's why when you, but, I'm sorry, but when you bring up HP, whatever, uh, prison reform, yeah, you got to do something. But just something is, look what I did for y'all. Here's some cake. The doo-doo in it. It don't count. Everything that he said on there, every president in America, other than Obama, has done to black people, has done to minorities. You mean has done fucked up shit? Yeah. Yeah, but every, 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 every uh, president ain't blatantly screaming out, I specifically have a platinum plan for black people. I understand that. But every president does what it does to the minorities and, 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 and then I, tries to get their vote during this Yeah, time. fucking I, Hillary with hot sauce and a fucking, okay. and, and a bag and talking like a slave in a black church. But so if you can get a platinum plan with, I don't know this platinum plan. I read the platinum plan. It doesn't, it doesn't solve a lot of problems. It, it adds money and it brings it in. But does it get down to the end user? Does it get down to the community level? I don't see that in, in the platinum plan because it's they've do, we've done this before in government to try to get money into programs into minorities and it, and it stops uh, short of getting the job done. Right. So I, I can't even say that I, I I believe in that plan. But if you can get things from the person that's in charge that, that I, I, I think you have to take what you would, if it's available, you got to take it. Now I'm not saying take the vote for him for a platinum plan, because I think that uh, Biden has also put, has a plan that he didn't put out as the platinum plan uh, to help uh, Amer- to help poor and, and minority communities. I, I think that that is that is something that I do feel that on the Democratic side it's still important. I think Trump looks at how this country does by how the richest in this country are doing or the top percent in this country are doing. And I believe that you have to look at your poorest person in the country and that's how your country is doing. Because if you let someone be that way, then that's, what, that's who your country is. We need, to, we need to work from the bottom up again. And we've been doing trickle down. We've been giving people a lot of money up top. Those, do, those are the people that do uh, give out jobs because no, like that quote is, no, um, no poor person's ever given me a job. Uh, you do want to protect the job, the economy, but we have to take care of, 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 of all of our people. I love how uh, Biden kept saying, you know, Trump keeps telling you about his plans, but what are the plans? He just keeps saying he has them. And I saw a great montage uh, that D.L. Hewley put together where the, he shows the timeline from, I think it was, uh, was it to, to early 2018 uh, of Trump going, beautiful plan, health care, the plan is coming. It, it's, it'll be here shortly for all the way till now. From 2018 to 2020, just soundbite after soundbite, clip after clip of the plan is coming. It's a beautiful plan. The best plan ever. It'll trump Obamacare and still nothing. 
So I put the platinum plan with all his other plans. You didn't build the wall. You don't have a plan for health care. I think the platinum plan is full of shit. This man is full of shit. Has he done a couple things along the way? Well, he's got to do something. He can't just golf all day every day. But come on, man. This man is full of shit. Same thing. Timeline. Vaccine. It's coming. It'll be here tomorrow. It's being tested. It's on the way. Uh, COVID's going to come and go. It'll be over. It's getting better. Lie after lie after lie. Unkept promise after unkept promise after unkept promise. He he was treated with, what what was that drug? Res, Resnar or something like that? I don't even understand right. it right. That's what he was treated with. That's, that's the first drug that's got approved uh, for treatment. Resivir. That's what it's called, I think. Uh, listen, all, everything you're saying is true. I agree with you 100%, though. I really do. I agree with you on, on everything that you're, you're saying. But I'm going to say, on the Democratic side, for the last uh, four years, well, before that, the plan that works for, the, for community and works for our nation was being touted by uh, Bernie. And, they don't, and the Democratic Party has no interest in Bernie. They've had no interest in Bernie since he's come out and and they Bernie's had a plan. He has a health care plan. He has plans after plans. They don't have interest in him. So when I tell you that I want the media to hold that dude accountable, Biden, it's because I want them to hold the Democratic Party accountable. I want them to hold the Republican Party accountable because there's people who have plans they're not the ones moving into those in those into that th- those areas. And when I was listening to Obama today, Obama spoke, and one of the people he he, he brought up was Debbie Wasserman Schultz, was still part of this Democratic Party, and she's the one who fucked Bernie in the first place when he was running against Hillary, when he, so uh, for for the primary nominee. So I don't I don't believe in either of these two parties. If they if they wanted to do better, I think they could have done better. So I want I voted again for the media. Media hold the parties accountable. Make start start looking at who's doing. Uh, let, let's put out a, a a list every month of how congressmen voted and what direction they voted, what they're voting for, who's bringing bills to the table, who's doing things in Congress, who's not just making money and getting and getting their health care paid for. Let's start holding our politics. This is the this is the job that we don't ever hold these guys accountable for. Let's put their name on the deficit. Let's figure it out. All right, well, I think the the best thing to do is to clean house first. I, and I, then we can we can start anew and and keep our fingers crossed and hope for the best. I, and that's why I voted for Biden. Because he's the guy I think that can restart this, but I want the media to be to follow through on it because without the media, none of the shit gets none of the shit gets taken care of. Right. Unless you shine a light on it, it doesn't get taken care of. And I know there's no way to shine this light on Trump. So we're going to shine it on Biden and we're going to see if we can move the economy as the people, because this is the greatest. This I I feel like Trump says this is the greatest time. This is the greatest time because people actually have say in what happens. Thanks to social media, good or bad. The Russians will see about that. But we you have a voice. (laughs) You can you can make you can you can you can help push decisions. But the media has to be responsible. All right. Uh, 
I want to move on only because yeah, we, again, we yeah. could we could go we could yeah. do this for the whole hour, but uh, we 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 got to talk about the comedy store and us being comics. We could do that for an hour too. So I wanted to not just completely give the audience a cake with shit on it. Uh, but can we? Can I give you somebody to transition this into? Yes, David Letterman. Yeah. I, and I want to say this about Trump. Everybody loved Trump before he became president. I mean, most people loved him. He was a good interview. He was funny. He wasn't, he wasn't going to control your, your future, though. He was Trump. Letterman, when Trump ran, it was, he was the one that was like, he was the one that I, when I saw him speak on Trump, I was like, okay. And I look at Letterman as kind of a, he's an intelligent person. Right. I, I, uh, I, I really, saying that, I saw a lot of Letterman roll into your comedy store. Well, let me just quote Michelle Obama for a second. Politics doesn't change you. It enhances who you are. Yeah. So they love Trump because we didn't realize who Trump really was until he got into politics. Yeah, I, but I, unfortunately, unfortunately for Trump, and, and I mean this honestly, unfortunately for Trump, he, he would have been, be- been better off just to be Trump and have his uh, hotels. And his he should have stayed the fuck out the game. And he would have been in way for himself personally, for financial shape. And, and I, I don't know. I don't know where we'd be. We would have a whole different set of problems right now, but we right. would still have problems, but moving on. All right. Um, so the comedy store, I saw episodes two and three. Um, and I was right. There was, I'm, I'm taking my, I'm right. About what? There was two episodes. There was three episodes that were out. Yes, you were right. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, I was questioning myself. Well, you do that all the time. Yeah, you did, that's, yeah that's, that's what I do. That's white people. Self-deprecation. Mm-hmm. Um, the strike, when the comedy store had to strike, and the debate was, could, could uh, should comedians be getting paid? And what I loved was, it felt like, while all the comics wanted to say it and were feeling it because of their love for Mitzi and they knew she provided a place for them to perform when there was really none. They didn't want to say it. Cut to Eric Griffin boldly going bullshit, calling the bullshit. That's it's, it's she wanted free labor. Comics should get paid. What you make in terms of drinks, uh, not to mention the door, when it's packed, comics should be getting paid. And he was the only one ballsy enough to take that stance. And Mitzi's stance, though, was it's college. And you don't get paid to play in the NCAA football. You make your money when you go to the pros. I'm providing you with that place to be seen by the scouts so that you can make that money. And we've always felt that was bullshit. Uh, that's always been the great debate. Those, ki- those kids should get paid. And that's, that's where I live in this, is that I think college should get paid because they're making money. If college was doing it and it was, uh, uh, there was no profit, it was a nonprofit. Right. NCAA, if NCAA turned into a nonprofit, you're right, then those guys shouldn't get paid. They're pl- providing a platform, and they're going and, and showing them so they can make their money in the in the in the next level. But that's not what they do. Right. And Mitzi, and that was the thing with some of the comics. That, you know, some stories that I've heard. And I'm sure you've heard from other comics that were around at that time, or from people that were, were around. Uh, 
you know, it was, it was, they couldn't fathom that you could have a show that night and you could kill. Right. And you felt like a beast when you got off stage. And then you went over to Canners, which is a deli out there that's open uh, 24 hours. So you, they could go, you could go eat there afterwards. And the comics did. And you had that set and you killed. And then you'd have to borrow money so that you could have a plate of fries. Right. So, and, and if she was just making money off the drinks, I think the comics still would have been okay with it. It was that she was making the, the, the door money. And that money could have been split. That wouldn't have cost her anything. And they were coming to see the comics. They were drinking because the drinks were there. And they were, uh, but they were in that room because of the comics. I think one of the most overused <laughs> sayings in the world, and again, I'm a fan of diners, drive-ins, and dives, is when they say, you know, when you come here to such and such as eatery, they treat you like family. It's family. Fuck you. When you get done eating with your family, they don't hit you with a bill. You know, you, you pay the bill. It ain't family. You know, and, and I was hearing that with the comedy store. You know, we're a family. All right, well, let's be a family. Break bread, nigga. Family share. Okay. So share in the profits. You're eating off the money you make. We got to eat. So let us make some money if we're family. But when you went on to make millions of dollars, did you break her off some? She wasn't. She didn't. She didn't go as your age. She didn't nah, go. She could have. How many people have done comedy clubs and, and tried to become managers of of their talent that they that, that because they're not comedians. No, but like they don't have the talent to be comedians. But there's comedy club owners that recognize that they have some good comics and they become managers to those comics. Has that happened? That, yeah. Okay. Mitzi wasn't asking to be managers. Well, that's her fault. I'm just saying. I'm, what I'm trying to say, listen, listen. She you, had a perspective that I feel was more innocent. Well, than, listen, than, can you have a comedy club without comics? No. Okay, so then she needs them, just like they need her. But, but to say when you become a movie star, that twenty million you just made, break me off a percentage. Nah, 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 nah. That's a different thing. But when the comedy store got packed, is when Jimmy Walker said that he could put his name out there, and then that brought all the people in. That's what packed out the comedy the comedy well, store. Well, based on Jimmy's comedy. Okay, but he was famous, and that's what brought people out. So saying that, what I, all I'm trying to say is I felt Mitzi's motivation wasn't as disingenuous as sometimes it, it's made out to sound. I think she really Everybody's believed. family till it's time to break bread. But when, she, when, when you left her and you're making hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars a year, she wasn't asking for any of that. Okay, but, but, every, but, you, but let's, let's keep another thing in perspective. How many people in terms of a real percentage go on to make it big? How many people go on at that time to do the Tonight Show? More don't than do. But the opportunity was there. More fail than succeed. More. And, and, and again, yes, at the comedy store on any given night, you could have a Jim Carrey or a Chris Rock, somebody that blew up, come back and perform. But the majority of the people going there to go see comedy are seeing comedians who aren't on that level. Right. It's and without those comics, you don't have the comedy store. But she's paying comics that are never going to make it to go on stage. She's also only... As know, she should. You're only doing 12 minutes. It's not like you're coming out there to do a set and burn material. Yeah, but dude... You're coming out there to work new material. For some of those guys who come out here that work, that, who haven't made it yet, that money is... How, how they get from point A to point B in gas. I, I it's agree. how they eat. 
I agree. I think it was short-sighted of her not to go, listen, guys, you're right. I'm going to give you, I'm going to split up the door money because I'm, I'm, I'm making all my money on drinks because you guys are here and you're providing the entertainment and they're drinking and they're eating. That would have been the fair thing to do. And since I'm charging a cover and they're coming because of you guys, right. yeah, let's break this up because it wouldn't have been a lot of money. Right. But she didn't, she didn't have, she, she felt that she was building opportunities for people and they wanted to get paid now from her. That's how she looked at it. And, and the way she started the club where it, there wasn't uh, a, a, a demand for this, there wasn't a demand for this stand-up. She built that room. Okay, that's fine. So, but, but once you start making money because of the comedians, because people are there to see the comedians, pay the comedians. I'm not disagreeing with you. Okay, but I'm just saying I'm looking at it from her perspective, where she built something that what didn't exist—a showroom club. This isn't where someone put their name on the door that was famous on the marquee and people paid X amount of dollars to come. This was a little, a, a little club because you got to remember too when it started, it was just the room. It wasn't. It wasn't the. Uh, it was the OR. It wasn't the, the the main stage, and it wasn't the right. And it wasn't the the belly room. It was it, just it wasn't, that. Was, it, it, that and that club wasn't even in. On Sunset, that was the Westwood Club. Well, the Westwood Club, there's, there's, she had the two clubs. But no, when you're talking about the Belly Room, yeah. the OR, the main room, yeah. that was Sunset. The, yeah. the, the Westwood Club was just one room. That was one room, but the OR used to just be the only room at Comedy Store too. On Sunset? Yeah, because it was Ciro's, and she was renting that room. Oh, that's right, that's right. So this isn't, you know... When she built this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build this room. I'm going to sell drinks. Comics can come in. They can work their little craft. I can help them. And she ne- I don't think that she ever took into account paying the comics because that was never part of the, the way it, the deal was originally working. I'm not saying that she shouldn't have went, but look at what's happening now. I got a lot of people here. They need to eat too. She was giving them opportunity, though, to get other jobs. So I understood her point. I think she was short-sighted and didn't see the, the, the need for the Isn't comics. that funny how people on the business end are always short-sighted when it's time to pay the talent? Yeah. That's amazing. But don't forget, though, the talent, like when you make a movie and someone's getting $20 million a movie, there's someone who's making very little money in that movie as well. Okay, but that, that, so, that's, that's, that, that's based upon where you're at in your career. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that stay at that low amount of money and never will reach that level. Well, that might have to do with some politics, but that also might have to do with you you don't have the talent that warrants that. But it's also, that's part of the role of the dice on this game when you do this. Of course. That's the role of dice of life, period. So she rolled the dice on that she could build this business. And, and screw niggas. No. She, did, she, that, she was looking at giving opportunity. She wasn't looking at them being paid from her. Your family. I shouldn't have to pay you. That's a, that's a cross between Mitzi and, and Louis Anderson. Anderson. <laughs> Louis, Louis Anderson. All right. Um, you know what, what was an interesting thing to me was, you know, how all the comics say, uh, and, you know, if you've ever done the OR, you know, right by the piano, there's that starlight. Yeah. And, and when that comes on, you got to get off. You got a minute. And, but Mitzi sits in that one chair where she's, you know, smack dab center looking at the talent. And uh, Louis C.K. told that story on Letterman about he wasn't even on stage 30 seconds. Yeah. And she was telling him to get the fuck off. And Bobby Lee was like, 
Mitzi, that's Louis C.K. He's been around for 20 years, one of the most respected, well-known comics. And I'm first of all, I'm going, why is he even auditioning if yeah. you're Louis C.K.? But then she didn't like him. And I went and I, and I wanted to ask you this. She's giving him the light, too. Yeah, she's, and she's giving him light. And at one point, she's making hand signals, get the fuck off. If you're Louis C.K. and you've been around that long, you know you're universally respected within the comedy community and with fans. And, and, and the, the, the theme is always, if Mitzi believes in you, then you're going to make it. What do you take from that if you're Louis C.K.? What do you do with that when Mitzi basically says you ain't shit, but you know better? Because you do know better. Mitzi didn't make everybody. I mean, Seinfeld didn't find love with Mitzi. There was no love for, for Seinfeld with Mitzi. Right. Um, who, else is, who else is in that room? that, that There's a, a lot of people talk about it where Mitzi didn't, didn't find, find them funny. She right. was looking for a certain person to fit that mold. That she wanted. Right. And she didn't like, you know, and, and to um, uh, Louis C.K., he was already a form comic when he was there. That's why I'm going, why did he audition? But she didn't like form comics. She liked people that were a little raw, that she felt she could, she could, you know. Mold? Mold a little bit into the, into that, into the family of the comedy store. But I don't know how that's exactly true, because then you have Kennison, who had his, he was, but... Kennison still wasn't Kennison when he first got there. I mean, he really worked that um, preaching style that he brought to to the stage. So, you know. But 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 do you be be honest? If you're Louis C.K. and you're already pissed that she and I like when he said, uh, "I'm not getting off after a minute and 30. Yeah, there's no way. There's I'm no fuck that. And he, and he did his time. But may, obviously, in that moment, you're thinking. Man, fuck this bitch. But then once you've calmed down... And you go home? And you go home. <laughs> it, it, is it still fuck this bitch? Or do you feel like there was something to learn from that? You, 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 maybe there's something you should have done, something you didn't do right. Is there this, is this something you should give a shit about from that experience? I think, I think the only thing that you could learn in that experience when you're at that, when you've been in it that long, and you are... You know, there's been certain. I don't know when. I don't know if he did. Did Louis C.K. say what year this was? Because no. Louis C.K. wasn't Louis C.K. through most of his career. Right. Louis C.K. became Louis C.K. when he changed up his style quite a bit. Right. So I don't know where that is in there. Number one, but number two, I think you have to learn that. And you know why it was important for me as a comic to hear because I always thought I I have always looked for my whole comedy career for someone. That I, you know, when I was a little kid, and I'm I'm ten years older than you, so to me, like you weren't a comic until Johnny Carson told you you were a comic, kind of. In in my head, that's kind of how I, how right. I, and that's not the truth, but that's kind of just the way that I looked at. It. And and when I was learning about comedy and started, you know, starting to you know comedy store, but Mitzi was already not well by the time I would have been out there. Uh, by the time I started doing comedy. She was already not right. 100%. So, um, but I, I needed someone like Mitzi. If she would have told me, yeah, Andy, you know, come back tomorrow. Right. You know, I would have been happy. Right. I would have been thrilled. But then I think to myself, what if she would have said, nah, I don't like you? That would have crushed me. Was but, she Jewish? Yeah. 
But without Andy, come back tomorrow because we're both Jewish. Yeah, that would have been great. I'm gonna look after you. <laughs> okay, but listening to that story makes me feel like you know I'm I'm looking for people that have made it to tell me that I'm in, and that's not it doesn't work that way. Here's here's what's crazy, and again, we always say comedy is subjective, but yet there is this higher what's it uh, hierarchy archy. There's this hierarchy of, and I always say this shit is like high school. You know, this is why it feels so ego driven and I'm the uh, head cheerleader or the head jock. I'm the star quarterback of a high school football team. I am the leader of the debate team. Whatever your top tier powerful position. And I say this respectfully, but honestly, who the fuck? Now, at that time, me even saying this would be crazy, but I'm just being honest. I'm taking myself out of the showbiz landscape for a second and going, who the fuck is Johnny Carson to say whether or not you're good enough? Now, I know that was the creme de la creme, and if you got on there, you were anointed of an official comedian. Your career would change. One, the guy doesn't do stand-up. He's not a comedian. Uh, is he funny on the show? Yeah, but that's writers. That shit's written. Yeah, but he. But, but but who are you to go? I'm almost acting like a parent now for my my child. Who the fuck are you to? If you don't like him, or if you didn't tell him to come over, sit down. That means he's officially not good enough. No, but but it 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 was like uh, you know what it is sometimes. Have you ever, you went to a nightclub and, uh, you know, they have the long line, right? And then you have the doorman. Right. And you get in and you're in the club and you felt like you got in, right? Right. And then you find out there's a VIP room. So what do you want to do when you're in the club now? Go to the VIP room. And that's kind of what those places are. The Mitzi Passini. To me, that's what it is. The Mitzi Passini. Right. The, the uh, you know, uh, who we just said, uh, the, the Tonight Show guy that I can't Carson. Carson. Carson pulling you over to the couch uh that's you know getting past it at uh at a big club that you always wanted to work at you know you, you you can do comedy you can make money doing comedy but you want to get into that vip room yeah i don't know man because because i you know listen if a guy and even when some of the comedians have told the story man mitzi didn't like me but i'm killing the room that's where I'm starting to go. I'm, uh, that's where I'm starting to go. Well, wait a minute now. If you're in the business of funny and you want to hire people that are funny and they're going to make an audience laugh and make that audience go, man, I got to go back to this place, whether it's to see that comic specifically or just because I had such a great time because of that comic that I want to be more involved in stand-up comedy, going to shows. Then you hired a guy on that basis. Why is it personal to you? It shouldn't be personal to you. No, but it's not always about personal. Uh, Lauren Michaels, how many comedians have you said, have you heard that said, I crushed it and I didn't get, I didn't get SNL. And then you hear the guy go, I didn't think they were going to even call me. I was just cr- it was crickets in there. No one's no one laughed. Michael doesn't even change his face, and they get the they get SNL. <laughs> There's certain people that look for certain things, and that's why I've said I even said to you the other night. I go laughter isn't isn't the only response. There's other things that people need. 
I, I, you know, dude, I, I, you could take a hacky comic that goes on stage and he could kill and make your set suck. Not maybe you, because you have your your crowd. I'm saying if we went right. if we went somewhere and no one knew you, and there's a hacky comic that comes up before you and does all the jokes and gets the room and it's laughing incredibly, and then you have to come up there and do your real jokes. I'm not saying that people that make rooms go crazy or hacks i'm just saying but you know what level but you know what i I always believe that a real comic can follow a hack a hack can't follow a real comic well so so, so when you're saying he comes up there and does all that hack hack shit it's almost like ah you slick motherfucker you fooled that crowd yeah now watch this and you're gonna get him because you got the real shit now, if it's the other way around and the real shit destroys them, well, then the hack's in trouble. But there was a time before Louis C.K. was famous that his darker, edgy comedy, that hack could maybe go up before Louis C.K. And in a room that just no one knew any of the guys, just a, just a room. I'm just saying just a room. No one came there to see anybody. They're not comedy savvy people. And that hack goes up there and does his 20 minutes, and then Louis C.K. has to come up there and follow with his dark... Com- now, he has skills. He has tools in the bag. He can grab them. He can right. pull them back in. But if he just did his material, his proven... He knows what that material is. That might not get that audience. I would agree with you if the tone of the room... Let's say, look. Let's say the tone of the room is soccer moms. It don't matter how good your material is. If you go up there and you're doing jokes like Sam Kennison or your style is dice, that's just you not knowing your audience. Yeah. That's different. That's very different from the room being a very diverse, energetic room of different multiple cultures and personalities to where you know this is a mixed bag of nuts. So almost any style will work in here. Because the tone is not one thing. We've been to show, like, if you do a corporate gig, that's a tone. A, a room full of soccer moms and, 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 you know, sweater vest wearing dads and, you know, pass the peas and the bread, darling. We don't, you know, we fuck only once a month at six o'clock. That is a different outcome. But if you got a bunch of loose, 30, 40 something year olds. Now it's about the material. I, not I, would, the tone. I would hope. I would hope. And by the way, just for anybody listening, the only reason I use Louis C.K. is because we brought him up in this earlier. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't anything about Louis C.K. <clears throat> Let me ask you this, man, because I thought it was very beautiful. It almost tear worthy. Uh, the way at the, the way at the end of the second episode, they did that dedication to prior. The montage, the music, like they really paid respect to the greatest comedian of all time. Um, well, let me ask you, and I and I say this walking lightly, motherfucker, because this is not necessarily my view, but it's just something that I could see as an observation. Do you think Pryor's material stands up over time? At times have really changed. So like, no. do you see people today listening, listening to this Rich Pry album and laughing with the same guttural, wipe my tear ducts, 
You got me doing crunches laughter that you would a Chappelle or a Patrice or a Burr? Um, probably not. Not not if it's someone who's just new to comedy. But if you if you know comedy, you listen to comedy, and you understand it, I still think it's there. You know, the thing that gets missed that people who aren't like just diehard comedy fans is, you know, the voice. What Richard's Pryor's voice was so in. It doesn't seem like much when you watch it now, but all that stuff was new. Like the, yes. I, the idea of giving white people a voice and breaking them up. That Italian guy, who no one was doing. Look at the fucking Akita right here. Right. That that was right. original. This is a black dude who's doing a white a white guy and and make, black black folks had always been made fun in comedy by white people. Or even in... Oh, can you say blackface? Uh, exactly. Ah, the niggas. Back then, it was called blackface. We knew what you sounded like. We knew what you looked like. We just didn't want to see you for real. So we put white guys in black makeup. Oh, the good times. But Richard, to get to do Richard Pryor to come out and do... The, that was original. That was all original. Yes. It hadn't been done. It was in... So when we get to the point where we talk about... Is Burr funnier? Is is uh, is Chappelle funnier? Man, for today's audience, definitely. But I don't think we get Burr and Chappelle without Rich Burr. I love when Chris Rock said, when you, whether you look at me, Eddie Griffin, Martin Lawrence, Eddie Murphy, we are all the watered-down version of Richard. Because like I said, Richard was the blueprint on black people, white people comedy. Black comics talking about race. And look, again, we all do it. Chappelle, DL, me, Griffin, we all talk about race because it's part of our lives. It's what we grow up with. It's what we know. It's what we experience. It's what we see on TV and read about in the papers. We can't not address it. But, and you know, listen, obviously, before Richard, Niggas couldn't talk a certain way in front of a white audience. I remember seeing a comedy documentary where Dick Gregory was like the first black comic to be able to really sit down and look white people in the eye on stage, look at them in the face. But he still wasn't saying things that Richard said because of the time. Richard was like Ali. Prior to Ali, athletes weren't boisterous. They weren't flamboyant. They stayed in their place. Hi, I'm Joe Lewis. Come to my fight. And on film, when film, I'm going to be fighting this white man that I'm going to crush June 25th, 1937. I'm Joe Lewis. Cut to, I'm the greatest. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I'm a bad man. Niggas was not allowed to be loud. So Richard was the first motherfucker who, motherfucker, white people, huggies, niggas. And it just it it he he made the blueprint, man. I, I would feel disingenuous to not say this though, since we're talking about comedy. But Lenny Bruce is also part of that because Lenny Bruce took comedy. I know you don't like Lenny Bruce. No, I, I know. No, I know, but you don't think he's funny, funny. No, I'm not even saying that. You're giving credit to a white guy for being able to do what he wanted to do. No, no, that's historically been the case. No, he's the he's the one who I felt white guys before Lenny Bruce. Told jokes. Bum, 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 bum. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. boom. Yep. Hey, it. who's on first? Yeah. yeah. No, who's on second? Right. He was the one who brought his life 
into the oh, comedy I see what you're saying, and, and and the world around him, right? And and was critiquing in a comedic way until he did so much heroin and he was going through so much legal trouble that he was just basically reading. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So, cause he got in trouble for his shit. Yeah. Arrested. Yeah. Cause you couldn't say cocksucker back then. Right. And he, some of the religious shit he was saying, saying. Oh, I'll give you that. Okay. Yeah. So those two to me is where comedy comes from to, to uh, of what we do today. I, I and I know that I know that you know someone's going to say yeah well you know the white guy had to throw the white guy in but I I think that he was ground no 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 you're right though that, he was groundbreaking you're right absolutely uh, the other night I was watching Raw uh, actually before we came out here on one of the cable channels and I want to ask you a question because this really stuck in my craw um, and I've heard numerous comics say this white comedians but specifically Bill Burr they think it's hacky when. Black guys, comedians, always do the, you know, I'm a white guy, so I talk like this, uh, which I've seen Mark Curry do specifically. And a lot of them have done it. You know, I'm white, and, you know, I'm uptight, and I wear my pants up here, and I have a stick in my ass, and I walk really, I'm a white guy. You think think that's hacky? It's hacky in the sense that it's no longer original. Like, like everybody could do that. But I see white guys make fun of other white guys with that same voice. I was going to say, because then Eddie Murphy's a hack. No, he's not a hack. Because on Raw, that's what he did. But everybody wasn't doing it back then. Now, every comic that you know, wants to do a white guy... Like, like, again, when we go back to Richard Pryor, he didn't do like, just the voice. He, I mean, he's done yeah, that voice, but when he was talking, he was talking about Italians. Remember he said, yeah, he, yeah, and he gave him a real Italian, yeah. that, that guy's voice. But like, Richard did do that. Yeah. yeah he goes, but I'll give Richard... He started. He started, but when he's like mother, how, how does he just say motherfucker? Motherfucker. No, no, no. Oh, no, because he does this. The Italian dude, you know. Oh, the motherfucker kid, the fucking the kid, the the motherfucker guy. That joke, yeah. No, but the white guy goes, uh, oh, southern uh, bitch. Oh, goes, right, 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 right. Well, he had a whole bit, yeah, but, about but, how white white guys curse. But it's not about just like like I have a stick in my ass. I'm the right. His it, it was original. And so I think that's what they're saying is they're looking for uh, like give me an original white guy like give me the the ori- give me a new, new give me a new version like, of that like Dave Dave's white guy okay. yeah right that that's original right it's a different take I mean you, if- but listen when he, when I heard uh, and and Bill wasn't on the show at the time but when I was listening to Opie and Anthony Anthony was bitching about that and Patrice goes. But that's how y'all talk. Well, it's funny. Some of y'all talk like that. It's funny when when uh, white guys notice that other people think that they all sound the same, right? And they, and they think that they're individual, right? I mean, it, it's been the other way forever, right? So uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of funny. But no, I I think as a comedian though, I think we're looking for something. We're always supposed to be putting something in our own voice. Like you just said, perfect example is Chappelle to do right. the to do him in a different way. So, yeah. Um, we, we, we're pretty much there. Uh, God, I got like, we didn't even cover Comedy Store Part 3. I still got a couple things here for two. Shit. Did you see Eleanor those, that's in it right now? Yeah. Okay. Dude, Eleanor should do, I wish she could do her own documentary because she. Oh, I'm sure she, she you know, the secret she has. Um, I, I I was watching things in there, and I and Tara was watching it with me, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I have some background on this. Listen, I had a little bit of a 
you know, self-indulgent moment uh, when they were interviewing uh, Felicia Michaels, yeah, the comedian, yeah. female comedian. If you looked over her right shoulder, my picture was there. <laughs> I could see my out of focus picture, but I was like, my picture is a comedy store in the, in the shot, uh, and my name's on the back of the building. Why the brother in the back? Uh, but yeah, my name's on the building and my picture's on the wall, so I feel a little anointed. Um, well, you know, before we sign off, then why don't we talk about you got passed by Mitzi? But you know what? Uh, yeah. But I think that's because I was a novelty. I, I, I was, I was, I was, not to say I wasn't funny or didn't earn it, but I was so young. I was 17. Oh, wow. 17. That's different. A, a young Negro. Seventeen. She didn't say Negro. No, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, 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 don't. Jews have enough problems right now. We don't need to. Um. Yeah, but you know what? And and that's when you said when you said when you came along, her health and she was really no longer. I came along at a time where she wasn't grooming motherfuckers no more. No, she, there so was... she passed me, but it wasn't like I was Letterman, Richard, Yakov Smirnoff, Rodriguez. I didn't come up under the wing. You came up in the nineties, yeah, and that was during the. That's the dark time that they're talking about when you get to episode, right? And so you got to see that firsthand. But you were young, so it had to be really different because you were leaving. Well, not only that, I'm gonna be honest. I heard of the legendary comedy store, but I was too young. I didn't know the history. I I didn't. I didn't. Is your name on the on the building? Mine. Yeah, you goddamn right. Where is it on the building? It's in the back, uh, up near the belly room. Okay. Um, but I didn't know till I got there and I saw the pictures. God damn, there was a history. Yeah, I, I didn't know what it was. I just was like, yeah, I'm at the comedy store. So I, I didn't. I had no idea about that shit. But yeah, you were uh, that. That was what was cool when I talked to Eleanor. Mm-hmm. Like she has all the background in, like on you being there. Right. So that that was cool. You know, she. But and. and uh, we'll pro- I'll probably as we discuss the comedy store. I'll probably bring up Eleanor quite a few times because she is this. Uh, she wasn't a comedian. She is now. She, uh, but she worked there for almost twenty twenty years as a cocktail waitress. Right. So, um, she wasn't someone that anybody looked at. Oh, they, she got to hear everything because right. it wasn't like a comedian was saying bad things about another comedian. The comedian was telling bad things about another comedian to the cocktail waitress, not to another comedian. Not, to, not, not, not necessarily that they were just saying bad things, but she got all the real deal. She got oh, all yeah, the real Yeah, info. I mean, she was there from waitress to comic, and she's been a staple. Uh, yeah, um, that's pretty much all my notes uh, for the second one. Um, you want to dive into this third one? The second one? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. You want to do the? Well, oh, let's save it because we're already at an hour. And... So you want to save it? Yeah, let's save it. Okay. Um. All right. There it is. Uh. There it is. Uh. Listen. I want to thank Hits One Hundred One. Uh. Again, as always, for your continued uh, support. Uh. Thank all the fans. We appreciate it. Um. Andy and I are supposed to. We were supposed to do Brea, and Ontario, California. On a back-to-back after Utah, but Governor Newsom COVIDed us. COVIDed us. Well, COVIDed, COVID, COVIDed Governor Newsom, who COVIDed us. 
Yeah. Something like that. We're suffering from COVID, just not from the uh, virus. Yes. Uh, so saying that to say we will not be on the road. We got two weeks off, but Andy is going to come to L.A. and we're going to knock out some more shit at the crib. And baby moms ain't there. The kids ain't there. I found me an official medicinal cannabis spot <laughs> to where I now legally uh, buy my shit. So uh, we may indulge in some gummies, some chewables, uh, uh, some uh, chocolates. I won't do a bunch of it because last time. I oh no, no, yeah, you was you had to. Uh, I was stroke, done. stroke mouth. Um, <laughs> so yeah, baby, it's it's gonna be a doozal. Hey, and just so just to remind all the Hits 101 listeners, uh, you can catch our Thursday uh, episodes uh, by going to your favorite uh, podcast platform and downloading the Spears and Steinberg podcast. Yes. Okay. And without further ado, as we continue on, as promised, uh, I'm trying to give up and coming artists, singers, rappers, actors, not actors, comedians, poets, beat makers, an opportunity to be heard, baby. You don't want an actor to maybe come on and just do a soliloquy of, uh, of, well, he, Ham, of Hamlet, you know? Nah, cause to not, be, nah, because if he come here, be. if he do it in front of us and it's garbage, uh, I'm throwing shit, and I don't want to get in trouble. So he'd have to email me that bullshit. <laughs> okay, so this is from uh, Ra the Great. Ra the Great. And he says, uh, my name is Ra the Great, and the name of the song is called Keep It Home, a hood anthem that gives you and your hood a sense of pride. Keep it home is a track to remind others that it's not always about where you at, but where you from. Thanks for the opportunity. Hopefully my song is good enough to make your podcast. Yeah, nigga, you paid me. Did, did he get his IG? You know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you something, dog. This $10 a lot of money shit is not just uh, red emails. Y'all motherfuckers don't listen, man. I can't tell you how much in fucking, and I'm a strickler, stickler for detail. I tell these motherfuckers, A, include your IG handles, your socials, email it to me, and these motherfuckers hit me up. Yo, how you want me to get it to you? Like, like niggas, don't, some of you motherfuckers ain't going to make it because you don't pay attention. Not because you ain't got no talent. Pay the fuck attention. What's his name again, though, so they can look him up on? I obviously. mean, it's Rod the Great, but I don't know if that's his IG. All right. So, uh, yeah, if you like his shit, try to find the motherfucker. Uh, so I'm downloading it now. Here we go. Uh, it's called, what I say it was called? Keep it home, nigga. That's what I tell my bitches. The pussy, keep it home. Don't cheat on me. Okay. I said I'm balling now like Ginobili Hitting game winners like Kobe Lyrics make fans OD In the hood, I'm big homie I'm the wave like water Other MCs come up shorter I'm your rap father, nigga, I'm smarter These lyrics make me think for your lady Gets drunk and love off my raps like a bar No, I'm shining like a star Where's your heart in these streets? Oh, I get it, you can't run with G's Cause you talk to the police Know that Ronda Gray is on top of his game Dog, you were lame, I'm insane 
insane in the brain. I maintain hella cash, do the math. It's sad, cause niggas tried to run up and get whooped by my lyrical hooks. Goddamn, home. I said, keep it home. Prince is the truth. I speak facts once I step in the damn booth. Cooking lyrical crack, it's got you hooked. Heading toward the money, nothing's funny. I'm so damn hungry, keep it home. Prince is the truth. I speak facts once I step in the damn booth. Cooking lyrical crack, it's got you hooked. Heading towards the money, nothing's funny. And I'm so damn hungry. I said, I said I'm riding with the chrome. I'm on this electron microphone. You know the statement makes a moan when the tension. Can you feel it, baby?